Welcome back to Money Mile. I am your host, Justin Waller, and Money Mile is where you share a mile with us and we help you live a better life. We are here to help active people looking forward to an active and phased financial independence and who are ultimately interested in leaving a meaningful legacy. In our last episode, we talked about the different levels of spending plans and working to find the right level of structure for you. From our last episode, you had the homework of either identifying which level of spending plan you needed, or if you already have a spending plan, implement one thing to improve it. So how did that go? Email me at info at wallerfc.com and let us know how you're doing. In today's episode, we are going to talk about one of the largest expenses for many Americans, income taxes. Specifically, we are going to talk about the income tax structure as it relates to investments. The goal of investing is to increase the value of the investments you hold, and there is generally no free lunch other than effective diversification. If the investments you own are working, they will either generate income or go up in value, and sometimes they will do both. Part of my job as a financial planner is to help clients minimize their lifetime tax bill. And there are essentially three ways investments can be taxed. You either pay taxes on the money before it goes into an account, you can pay taxes while it grows, or you can pay taxes when you take the money out. Most investments can be held in at least three different types of accounts, and the type of account is what determines the taxation. The first type of investment account is one you put money into after you have paid income taxes on it. You pay taxes annually on realized gains and income from the portfolio, dividends and interest, but generally you do not trigger a tax when you take money out of the account. We call this a taxable investment account. Most accounts that are held jointly or in the name of a trust are considered taxable. The second type of account is one where you put money in before you pay taxes on it, or you get a deduction on your taxes from the contribution. It grows tax-deferred as long as the money stays in the account, and you pay taxes when you take the money out. We call these accounts tax-deferred. The most common accounts that fit this structure are employer-sponsored retirement plans like 401ks, 403bs, and traditional IRAs. Most of these accounts have a bunch of other stipulations that go with them, but most commonly, these are not accessible without penalty until you reach the age 59 and a half. It is not uncommon for folks to look at their tax-deferred retirement plans and say, wow, I have so much money. And it is good to be positively affirming what you have accomplished. You just need to remember that anytime you are using one of these tax-deferred accounts like the 401ks and 403bs, that you have a silent partner in that account. The IRS is certainly going to be waiting, not so patiently, to get their share. Up to and including the point that they will not let you leave your money in these accounts forever. At some point, the IRS is actually going to force you to take money out of the account through a mechanism that's called a required minimum distribution, and they will make you take the money and pay taxes on it whether you need it or not. It is not an extreme case where you could lose an excess of one half of your retirement account balance to taxes if it's not handled correctly. If you have all your investments in tax-deferred accounts and you don't look at this in advance, this could be like getting to the end of your iron distance run 
and the race director telling you that you have to take another lap because you didn't take into account taxes. You need to be able to understand how much of what you have is still going to be subject to tax when you take it out. After the IRS takes their cut, you want to make sure you can still live the life you want. The third type of account is where you put your money in after you have paid taxes on it. It grows tax-deferred, and it can be taken out of the account tax-free as long as you follow the rules. The most common types of accounts here are Roth IRAs and 529 plans. If you wait until five years after your first contribution and age 59 and a half, you should be able to access your Roth IRAs for most anything you want. There are a host of other more complex rules related to contributions and conversions, but these are beyond the scope of today's conversation. If you want to learn more about these, please let me know by emailing info at wallerfc.com and I'll spend some more time on these. As of this recording, there are also Roth 401ks, 403bs, and 457s. And each of them have their own set of rules, and these rules can change periodically as evidenced by recent legislation. The other most common type of tax-free account is the 529 plan, and it requires you to use the funds for qualified education purposes. Your state might be different in what is allowed and what is not allowed. Your state might also allow a tax deduction for making contributions to a 529 plan, so check with your friendly local financial planner for additional information. A common comparison in this type of account is that you would be paying taxes on the seed instead of the tree. Uh, if you think of the analogy of, of a tree in the forest, uh, obviously the tree is going to be much more significant, so you'd like to have that as the tax-free part. And that's where the Roths and the 529 plans, all of those accounts focus on going and paying the taxes on the smaller amount, which would be the seed, and then growing that resource uh, significantly over time and having the tree tax-free. So now that we have discussed the different types of accounts, I often get asked, which one is right for me? The reality is that there is not one account that is always perfect for everyone. Your situation might change, the rules might change, so I recommend diversifying your options here as well. I generally like to tell clients that they should have a mix of all types and the mix of tax structures should be balanced appropriately for what they expect their tax situation to look like. So here's an example. Let's say Harry is currently making $500,000 per year, but when he retires at age 62, his taxable income will go down to approximately $50,000 a year. Would it be better for Harry to be paying taxes now based on his tax structure and a taxable income of $500,000, or better for him to be paying taxes later? In this situation, it would likely be better for Harry to focus on oversaving in his tax-deferred options now and take the money out later when he will likely be in a lower income tax bracket. In addition to that, Harry could still save money outside his employer plan in a Roth IRA, but at his income level, he will need to take some extra steps to make that happen. This is commonly called a backdoor Roth IRA. If Harry is earning $500,000 per year, saving beyond his employer-sponsored retirement plan is probably going to be suggested anyway, and getting money into a Roth IRA could be a great option. Now, if he doesn't want to do that, 
he could always save outside of his employer-sponsored retirement plans in a taxable investment account and just pay taxes annually on the dividends and realized capital gains. There are always options. If you don't have a baseline otherwise or an understanding of what your future income tax situation might look like, I would suggest start working with a financial planner to figure this out or start with a basic target of 30% taxable, 40% tax deferred, and 30% tax free. If you check out the show notes, you'll see an example of what we call the tax control triangle, and it is a tool that we use to help clients understand the balance of their assets and their future tax liabilities. As with most things, what you do is more important than what you know. So we are going to talk about a bit of homework for this episode. The homework is to look at the value of your investments now and categorize your investments into taxable, tax-deferred, and tax-free. You can use our format that you find in the show notes, or you can use your own. But I want you to have a better understanding of your asset-based tax strategy. Thank you for investing a mile with me. I hope it was a valuable time spent for you. Keep in mind, if you work out, everything else will too. And I look forward to talking with you again next time on Money Mile.